This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. So, so listen, we're going to, again, we're going to just jump right into this. And I know I only have a couple of minutes to, to capture your, uh, your, your attention. You know, we, we get so, so busy and so distracted these days. And I want to I make you understand, you know, why is, it that, why is it that we have these teachings on ministry to the family, spirit, soul, and body? And one of the reasons is that because you have to consider that your family, you have to consider the spiritual aspects the soul aspects and the physical aspects of your family. You can't just consider just one area and leave those other areas uh, without attention. Because if you do, what will happen is that you become frustrated. You become frustrated because you, you're spending all your attention and all your energy on this one particular area. Let's say it's the body. I'm, I'm going to provide for I'm going to make sure I have a house. I'm going to make sure I have... That, 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 that my children have the things they need, that my wife has the things that she needs. I'm going to make sure that my husband has the things that he needs physically. But the spirit hasn't been addressed and the soul hasn't been addressed. And what happens is that when you exert your energy in just that one area, you become frustrated. Why is that? Because the, the whole of man is spirit, soul, and body. And if you try to just isolate just one area... You say, you'll say, I'm putting energy into this area, but the results that I'm getting are all over the place. Sometimes it looks like I'm getting the results that I want, but sometimes I'm not getting the results that I expected. In fact, sometimes it's the exact opposite is happening. And why is that? Because the, in, in the spirit of man, that, that has to be awakened to God. That has to be made alive to God through Jesus Christ. And the spirit of man sets the direction. It sets the focus, it sets the, the intent of, of what is, what, what, where is man's, what is man's purpose. In, in the soul of man, the soul of man is actually, it, it's, it's neither negative or positive. The soul of man, it tries to figure out and it tries to devise. It says, well, it doesn't matter what the direction is. If you tell me what the direction is, I'm going to try and find a way to get there. And your soul, you weigh and you consider. And, you, and, and the soul proposes solutions. And again, the soul doesn't even care about the end result. All it says is, if you just tell me where we're going, if you tell me that we're going to satisfy the flesh, I'm going to figure out a way to satisfy the flesh. If you tell me that we're going to follow after the Spirit, I'm going to figure out a way to follow after the Spirit. The soul says, you just tell me what the end direction, what the end goal is, and I'll try to figure out a way for us to get there. And a body is this thing that we interact with, that, 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 that tangible aspect of us. And with the body is where our actions are. And the body is where our actions are. And so you have to minister to your family. You have to, in your own study and your own meditation, you have to look at all of these areas of your life, all of these aspects. And the question that, 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 that many of you are asking in your families, the, the, the impetus for, for this teachings is you're asking, you know, can my family work? That's what, you're, that's what you really want to know. You want to know, can this, can this work? Can this marriage work? Can this family work? I'm looking at the, the results that I'm getting. 
and the results, they seem to vary. Sometimes it seems like everything is right on track, and sometimes it seems like we're just in, on opposite ends of the spectrum. Can this work? Can this work? You know, too often in our society, we have an all-or-nothing attitude. We have an all-or-nothing attitude. It's, 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 it's either all good or it's all bad. And so we say, well, you know, if, if, if I'm cooking and you either love my food or I'm not going to cook for you again. Right? Um, you know, the husbands, they'll, they'll, they'll buy their, their wives something and, and, you know, let's say, let's say um, you know, this is dangerous territory for me, but let's say the husband buys his wife an article of clothing. Again, dangerous territory. I know what my limitations are. But he says, you know what? I'm going to buy her an article of clothing. And either she loves it. If she loves it, I'm going to buy her more. I'm going to do more of that. If she hates it, oh, I'm never going to buy her anything like that again. I'm not, I'm not going to touch that. You know, we have this all or nothing attitude instead of saying, you know what? Lord, lead me. Lord, guide me. Show me. Show me how best to appreciate, show me how best to, to demonstrate my affection. Show me how best to demonstrate my devotion. We tell our children, well, you know, you got you to gotta see. That's okay. You're just a C student. We don't, we don't tell, say, no, no. Let, let's, let's keep working on it. Let's keep developing that because I know that you can do better. We have an all or nothing attitude. It's either, well, well you must not be, a, you must not be a, a smart, but maybe you're an athlete. Or, or um, you know, maybe um, you're not an athlete. Maybe you're just a, a, a smart one. Or, you know, you're, you're, you're not a, a social person. Maybe you like to just be with things and stuff. And so we, we try to say all or nothing and put our, and put, and put our, our, our family in, in, in neat categories and neat boxes. But we're more than that. The whole of man is spirit, soul, and body. And God, God, God is saying that we need to minister to, to the entire of our family. To the entire of our family. So as, as we're talking about this scripture, one thing that, that, that we do is that we find that as we become frustrated, we become disappointed. And the reason why we're disappointed is because we have this magical thinking. And what am I talking about? Magical thinking. Magical thinking is that, is that when we hope and we wish that what we want will happen. And disappointment comes because our hopes and expectations that they're not met. And so, so, so we become disappointed. You know, in this teaching, what I want you to understand is that, that there's, there's going to be times and there's proper application. We're going to talk about when to pray, how to pray. When to work, how to work. And how to look for the results. See, we get it, we get it confused. We, we, we start wanting the results and we haven't prayed. We start wanting to see the results, and now it's the time for work. We say, well, the, the, the change hasn't happened. The change hasn't happened. I've been doing, I've been doing, I've been doing. Yeah, you know, you've been working, but guess what? You should be praying and getting direction. And when we, when we, when we lose sight of, of 
what season we're in, what, what, what the time is, what the application is. If we should be praying, if we should be working, if we should be looking for that fruit or for that result. That's another cause for our frustrations because we're saying we're putting in the work, we're putting in the work, but we're not getting the result. Just another tangible example. Um, you know, uh, some, some people, we all started to do some, some fitness, right? Trying to encourage ourselves to be more fit, to be more active, to be more active. And one of the things that, that I, I began to study as we were becoming more active, it says, you know, uh, when you become active, what's the first thing that happens is that you become sore. When you become active and you start moving around, the first thing that happens is that you become sore. Because now you're moving muscles that haven't been moved before. But guess, you're sore, but you're not stronger. You're sore, but your, 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 your waist size hasn't gone down any. You're sore, but you're not running longer than you. you you're just sore. Now, you, now you're putting in the work. And it says you, you have to put in the work. And you have to continue to put in the work. And it's not until six or nine weeks later that you begin to see the results. Now listen, if you exercise for nine weeks and then you stop, guess what? Everything that you lost over those nine weeks, you're going to get back. Because that's not the time to stop when you first to start seeing the results. Now's the time to continue to work more. If you're working and you're not, and you're not seeing the impact, maybe you need to understand and, 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 and seek guidance and counsel. I need to do the right things. You know, maybe, I, maybe you know, 30 minutes, 40 minutes of cardio is not what I need. Maybe I need to mix in some strength training. Maybe I need to mix in some, some balance so I can have a more balanced uh, uh, physiology. And so there, there, there are different aspects. I'm just trying to give you examples of, of how we see in the natural this spiritual concept of how you have to apply both seeking guidance, putting in the work, and then looking for those results. We want you all to have confidence. That's one of our objectives is for you to develop confidence in what God will do. Go to Philippians chapter 1. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Being confident in this very thing, that he which began a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You know, your confidence is not, it's not in what you're hoping for. It's not in what you're wishing for. Your confidence is that God, the work that God has begun in you, that he is going to complete it. Your confidence is in the faithfulness of God. As you begin to trust in God and not trust in, you know, the, the external things that you see, but as you begin to trust in God, then you'll see that you develop greater confidence. And so, one, thing, one of the things that we want to do is, is to address the... Uh, the second objective, and that objective is that we need to develop confidence in what God will do. Develop confidence in what God will do. We need to understand that God provides. God provides that which you can only get 
from Him. A lot of us are asking God for things and stuff. We're asking as, as, as the Gentiles ask. We're saying, you know, God, let me have, you know, children that are obedient, children that do good in school. Let me have a husband that comes home. Let me have a, a wife that cooks. Or let me have a house that's set up a certain way. We're asking for things that, that even Gentiles have. But just know that God provides that which only God can do. God provides that which only God can do. God is not, he's not an alternative source. He's not, he's not, you know what, let's try these other ways and, and just to add and make sure for safety, let's throw in a little bit of God into the mix. God is not an alternative source. He is the only source. What God can do, only he can do. What God can do, you will not get from science. What God can do, you will not get from psychology. You will not get from positive confessions. Or any of the other modern teachings. What God can do, only God can do. What God provides, it's vital to you. What God provides, it's vital to you. What is that word vital? What God provides, it's life. What God provides, it is life to you. And because what God provides its life to you, just know that what God provides, it's not optional. What God provides, it is not optional. You need, you need what God provides. Go to Genesis chapter 2. Genesis 2. I just want you to know that what, what, what God provides, you, you need that. You need what God provides. Genesis 2, this is when, when man was, was created, when he was formed. Starting at verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. What God provides is vital to you. What God provides, it is life to you. It's not optional. Go to Psalm 84. We see it was, it, it was, it was at the beginning. He says, well, does that, does that endure? Was that a one-time one act? Go to Psalm 84. Looking at verse 2, it says that my soul longeth, yea, even fainteth, for the courts of the Lord, my heart and my flesh cry out. It cries out for the living God. What God provides, it is vital to you. It is life to you. In your innermost parts, the way that you were designed, the way that you were made, is a desire and to long after the Lord. It's the desire and to long after the Lord. And so let's talk about what is, what is it that God does? What is it that God will do? Go to Psalm, stay in Psalm 103. Here David, he talks about the benefits of God. 
he talks about what God will do. Starting with verse 1, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's our response because what God provides is vital. It is life to us. He says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? Who redeemeth thy soul from destruction? Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies? Who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles? He says, bless the Lord and forget not all his benefits. What is it that God provides? God provides forgiveness. And only, only God can provide forgiveness. If it doesn't start with him, it's not forgiveness. God provides a release. He provides a pardon. Why? Because you have done wrong. Because you were guilty. Because you did the thing. Your hands were not clean. But God provides forgiveness. God, he provides healing. And yes, we believe in medical science. Yes, we, we believe in doctors and prescriptions. But God, he provides healing. And what is that? God provides restoration. If God doesn't heal, it doesn't matter what medicine the doctors give you. If God doesn't heal, it doesn't matter how much exercise you do. In physical therapy, if God doesn't heal, you won't be restored. God provides healing. God provides redemptions. He says, who redeemeth thy life from destruction. We all were headed for destruction. Every member of your family is headed for destruction. But it is God that delivers. It is God that delivers. You know, another, another uh, definition for redemption is that he, he paid the price. He purchased When you were deep in debt and there was no hope, just know that God, God already paid it. This next one, I want you to stay with me here. God, he crowns. Listen, if God doesn't crown, you're not crowned. What does that mean? God, he rewards. If God doesn't reward, you haven't been rewarded. It doesn't matter what your title is. It doesn't matter if they give you a gold star or what people say about you. If God doesn't reward, you haven't been rewarded. When you look at that word crown, it also means position. God does the placing. 
If God doesn't put you where you stand is uncertain. Where you stand is a temporary place. But when God puts you, you can stand fast. You can stand strong. And how does, how does he reward you? How does he crown you? He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Listen, there, there's, no, there's no status list. There's no, there's no, there's no material thing that, that you can give me that I would give in exchange for the Lord's loving kindness. There's nothing that I would exchange for his tender mercies. When I deserve judgment. When I made a mess of everything. When he could have rebuked me and treated me harshly. He was tender towards me. His tender mercies. What's the benefit? What's what are the benefits of God? He provides satisfaction. God provides satisfaction. Listen, why, why, why do they say that the brother can never be satisfied? You know what? Because maybe he doesn't have God. Why do they say that he can't be satisfied? Because maybe he doesn't have God. Because what, what God does, only God can do. There's no chemical that you can chase. There's no relationship that you can have to replace the satisfaction that God provides. What does that mean? It means that I am... It doesn't mean that everything is going my way. It doesn't mean that everything is perfect. No, no, that's not what satisfaction is. Satisfaction says that I am content. I am content. And in my contentment, I'm content with my current state. I'm content with where God has placed me now. I'm also content because I know what he has in store for me in the future. Listen, your family needs, your family needs what God can provide. God is vital. And what he can provide, only he can provide. What God provides, only he can provide. We talked last week about idolatry, and that's when we try to take the place of God. That's why when we try to take the place of God in someone else's life, or when we try to set something else in front of our own eyes to provide these things that only God provides, that's idolatry. Listen, I don't want you to think by any means that these five things are all that God provides. In Psalm 116, it says, What shall I render unto the Lord? What can I give back to God for all of his benefits towards me? There, there, there are so many things that, 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 that if you just stop and reflect, it goes back to Genesis 2, that God, he, he breathes the breath of life into you. He is your very existence. 
It all stems from that. He, he is your very existence, not just physically, but He is your eternal life. God, He, he, he provides a, a clean heart. You're not going to get it from any place else. The psalmist in Psalm 51, verse 10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. He says, I can't get it from, from anyone else's morality. Lord, I need you to create in me a clean heart. I need you, Lord God, to awaken my spirit so that I have communication so that I have relationship with you. We've been talking about how do we know we have a relationship with God. It's when the Spirit of God is alive. Because with the Spirit, man's Spirit communicates with the Spirit of God. Spirit speaks to Spirit. God, He is the source of peace through Jesus Christ. In John 14 and 27, Jesus is talking. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. You don't have to be anxious for anything. Don't let your heart be troubled. You can have confidence in my peace. We said already that God he is the source of eternal life. In John 17 verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh. That he should give eternal life. To as many as thou hast given him. Speaking about Jesus Christ. That he should give eternal life. To as many as thou hast given him. As many as shall believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God is truth. God is truth. And by the Holy Spirit, we are led into all truth. I'll just give the scripture for you. It's John 16 and 13. Because I really want to get into this next one. God, listen, what God can do, only God can do. God, He governs times and dispensations. God is in charge of, He is responsible for times and dispensations. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It says that to everything there is a season, a time to every purpose under the heaven. God is in control of the times and dispensation. God, He is in control of time. I'm talking about chronological time. Why is that? Because He was before time began. In Genesis 1 and 1, it lets us know that in the beginning, God. So God was already there at the beginning. God, He is in control of time. 
God is the author of your time. I'm talking about your, 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 your time of opportunity. You know, we use the word kairos, but it's your time of opportunity. Go to Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. Hebrews 3 and 15, it says, jump up to verse 14, if we, for we are made partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. We have to have confidence steadfast to the end. Verse 15, while it is said today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation. God is, he is the author of, of your time, your time of opportunity. You know, there is, there is a season and a time given to everything. And to every aspect, even, even in your family, there is a season and a time. There is a season and a time given for marriage. There will be a time when there will be no marriage. But listen, there is, there is a time of opportunity in your marriage. Hear the, hear the word of the Lord. There is a time of opportunity in your marriage. What's the example? Let me just give you a, a natural example. It talks about it in Scripture in Deuteronomy 24, verse 5. When a man took a new wife, he was exempted from military service for a year. Now, why is that? So that he could establish his home. So that he could guide her and how his home needed to be set up. And how it needed to have, how he could, so he could enjoy his wife without distraction. It says that, that he, that he should cheer up his wife, which he had taken. There's a time of opportunity in your marriage. There, there, there is a time when husbands, you'll be able to, to speak into your wife and to pour into her. There's, there's a time, wives, when you will be able to demonstrate that godly character and your husbands will be able to receive it. That time is not always there. That time is not always there. Those of you that have been married, you know that, 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 that there are times when you become distracted, where you become occupied, and you're not freed up. You're not freed up to cheer up your wife. There, 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 there's times when you need to, you, you have to impose discipline. There, 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 there are tough times. There are challenging times. Listen, when a time of opportunity is there, take advantage of it. Take advantage of that time of opportunity. You know, a lot of people, we foolishly, we, we, we talk about this, this, this honeymoon period. We talk about this bubble period. And I understand, I understand what you mean. You think that it's just, it's, just, it's just me and her. It's just us. We are, we are the whole world. 
And, and, and you, you sometimes, when, as you're going through the, the harder times, as you're going through what I call reality, what I call life, you say, oh, how can we get back to that, that place where it was, we were just in our own bubble? And guess what? The bubble is for a time. That's, that's, just for, that's, that's just for a time. Take advantage of the time of opportunity. Take advantage of that time of opportunity. There is a season of opportunity with your children. In Proverbs 13, 24, it says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth chasteneth him betimes. It means early. It means in the opportune times that you give instruction when the instruction can be heard. That you give instruction consistently so that they understand the pattern. That you, you, you tell them often and early so that even after you're gone, they still hear. And that can win their mind. Ronnie, Janice, and Jay, wake up. Get out of bed. Brush your teeth. Wash your face. There, there is a time, there's a season of opportunity with your children. Listen, you're going to have to have confidence that what God will do, that he'll do. That God, what God will do, he'll do. He gives you these opportunities because you need them. They're not optional. They're not optional. Look to God. He is the one that governs times and dispensations. We need to have confidence in what, that, in what God will do through us. Confidence, we need to first have confidence in what God will do because of his power. Also confidence in what God will do through us. I'm just going to touch on this. We'll, we'll circle back. But confidence allows you to focus your attention on the work. When you have confidence, you can focus your attention on the work. Now, what, 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 what is work? What is work? I mean, the physicist might say that work is uh, what force exerted over a distance, right? Work is, is effort that's done in order to achieve a result. But what I'm talking about is the work. The work is your interaction with people in order to accomplish the will of God. The work. You need to have confidence in order to focus your attention on the work. And the work is all about your interaction with people in order to accomplish the will of God. This definition is spoke to me because too often we get too busy with work. We get too busy with, with doing and running around. We get too busy moving stuff. And moving things. And we forget about the work. 
We forget about the work. You know what? The work is it's about your interaction. That means that you have to come into physical contact. You've got to come within voice distance. You're going to have to be able to put your hands to in the body to interact. You're going to have to interact with people. Listen, this is not about buildings. This is not about possessions. This is not even about status and what people perceive of you. This is about your interaction with people. You're going to have to touch people. Now, for some of you, that, 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 that sets you aback because you're like, well, you know, I don't really like people. That's, but the work is your interaction with people in order to accomplish the will of God. John chapter 9, verse 4. Look, I'm going to go there because we have, to, we have to read the words of Christ. John chapter 9, verse 4. And we're not going to be able to get much further than this, but John chapter 9, verse 4. This is Jesus talking. He says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. That's just amazing. Jesus is saying that I, I must work the works of him that sent me. He says, look, even Jesus, he says, I've been positioned. I've been placed. And he says, while it is day, because night is going to come. Jesus is saying, look, even for Jesus, there was a time. There was a season for the work. Because he says, when night comes, no man can work. No man can work. He says, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. But guess what? We just read in John, I believe it was John chapter 5, it says that, 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 that you are now, you are now the light of the world. That we are a city that's set on the hill. First Corinthians 3 and 13, it says, every man's work shall be made manifest. It talks about in, in the day of judgment, every man's work shall be made manifest. For the day shall declare it because it shall be revealed by fire and fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Of what sort it is. The work is directed towards the living. The work is directed towards the living. It's directed towards people. The work is not directed towards dead things. Listen, I'm talking about ministry to your family. The work is not directed towards dead things. What are these dead things? The opinions of other people. Your material possessions, your paycheck. We've been so caught up with being busy. Now it's time to get to work. Now it's time to get to work. Listen, ministry to your family, spirit, soul, and body. You can't just say that, that I, I'm praying for you. 
my thoughts are towards you, you're going to have to actually interact. You're going to have to get messy with it. You're going to have to get into it. Close example is in James chapter 2, verse 15. It says that if a, if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, if they are lacking the things that they need in their body, and one of you say to them, depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? That work is your interaction. You can't see that the need is there. You can't see that the, that the physical need is there. And you say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm just praying for you about that thing. I'm, I'm wishing the best of all possible wishes towards you. No, you're going to have to interact. You're going to have to become involved. You're going to have to become involved with your family. In order for you to, to do the work, you're going to need direction. Before we talked about, sometimes we need to understand when is it that we need to pray? When do we need to work? And when do we need to be looking for results? In order for you to do the work, to stop being busy, but to actually do the work, to actually involve yourself with your family in order to accomplish the will of God, you're going to need direction. You're going to need direction. You know, one of the things that God provides is He provides wisdom. This is what God provides that only He provides. When you look to other sources, you, you, you make those sources into idols. Only God provides wisdom. And His direction, it comes from the Word of God. The direction of God comes from the Word of God. But you're, you're, it's not going to profit you anything unless you have communion with the Holy Spirit. You have to be in a relationship for the Word to be opened up unto you. So next time we're going to talk about our third objective is how do we, how do we seek the Lord's direction? How do we seek wisdom? How do we seek strength? And how do we walk in mercy according to our role in the family? We're going to be talking about what the husband needs to be praying for. How the husband needs to be praying. What the wife needs to be praying for. How the wife needs to be praying. And what the children need to be praying for. In order to accomplish the will of God, we have to have direction. We have to have direction, and that direction only comes from the Word of God through communion, close relationship with the Holy Spirit. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.